Hello, welcome back to the Chin Chin podcast. My name is Emily. I'm Megan. And I'm Sheetal. So, how's everyone's week been? I'm going to go first this week because it was my birthday. Yay! Um, I'm joking. Yeah, thanks. (laughs) I had a a socially distanced birthday. It was very fun. In that, it's weird having a. Sorry, we're just going to immediately start talking about COVID. (laughs) (laughs) But last year, because obviously I'm in February, last year I had a completely normal birthday. We I all went out for, it came up on my Snapchat yeah. memories and it was really weird. We to all see. went out for dinner on my birthday. I met my whole family and I were, went to London for a day out for my birthday. Like I had a complete COVID was a thing, like there were cases, but it like you we had no idea what was gonna happen with it. So I had a completely normal birthday and I assumed that a year later I would also have a normal birthday because I thought it would be over. So it was weird being in lockdown, like having a COVID birthday, because I feel like end of 2020 beginning of 2021 everyone just assumed things would be back to normal so people would have normal birthdays again so it was weird having a COVID birthday but it was still had a very nice time I completely get that because again I turned 18 two Decembers ago and I was like oh we had a great time we had a party I went out it was so fun and then this one in this birthday went into tier four had a great time didn't allow wasn't allowed to see absolutely anybody and it was really it was like where what what's happened but emily how's your week been um my week has been quite uneventful i know i say that every week and it does sound like my life is quite boring but the reality is my life is quite boring um it was my flatmate's birthday had some drinks um that's literally all i have to offer you i'm so sorry I'll try harder next time. I'll make something up. Yeah, you need to have a more interesting week next week. I'll just lie. <laughs> she tell how was your week? Well, my cousin shares a birthday with Megan. So, and he lives in India and he turned 18. And I haven't seen my cousins for about four or five years now, since the last time we went back. And I've this weird thing just got over me is that they're all taller than me now, but the last time I saw them in the last picture evidence that we have, they're all like two, one or two heads shorter than me. And it's so weird. My mum was saying like, oh, they're like five, ten, six foot, five, eight. And I was like, what's happened here? I was the tallest. How has this occurred? I do you're not like tall. this. Yeah, they're quite tall. Well, no, my great grandfather, my great grandfather was quite tall. And I think we're quite with on the taller end of people from Indian descent. Also, I'm doing this presentation on chromophores, which are the organic material that gives colour, which is really interesting. And there was, I read this article, you both look at me like it's not interesting. No, I'm just getting so triggered because like, I obviously did biology and loved biology, but I, hated like anything to do with plants and I just got triggered because I thought of chlorophyll in plants and it like freaked me out that was the first thing that came to my mind yeah because I love biology but I love the human part of it so have but then when you do a level and GCC you also have to a large majority of it is about plants so I just got very triggered there I'm sorry carry on it's okay I'm gonna carry on explaining and it was about how they were trying to use watermelon rind to give colour to 
clothing and how that could be an in um an sustainable way to make clothes in the future and i have to do a presentation on that with a few others um on thursday and i'm just excited to see like my lecturers and my peers opinion on it because obviously with sustainable clothing it's very like if you can afford it you should do it but if you can't afford it everyone looks like a lot of um people who say oh i only shop sustainable while well, i only shop vintage kind of look down at people who use fast fashion but not re realizing that it's actually really important for a lot of people and that sometimes is the only way that they can get their clothes so with the like using watermelon rinds as coloring i was wondering whether it could actually go into economically large scale and is it economically sustainable for big businesses such as like boohoo and asos to start using it so that was my asos bought Topshop this week asos are buying everything they're also buying dorothy perkins they bought debenhams like the, dorothy the, perkins and Topshop are like under the same company i'm pretty sure yeah, so but, oh yeah so boohoo, boohoo bought debenhams but it was an interesting thing that they bought their online stores but they haven't um bought their physical stores so they're not you know what like any more jobs like so there's people who are still being redundant because of it but boohoo are now going to gain more money because they've got all of Devlin's online stores and like all of their stock and basically all of that do you know what like over the past few years we've seen people talk about death of the high street so much yeah and it's kind of been this phrase that was thrown around and i think if anything cemented that and made it so real and finally really was the death of the high street it was covid that was yeah. the worst thing that could have happened in that situation because the only things that were like saving high streets i remember so i used to work in a clothing shop which both of you know because you know i hated it with a burning passion but um i used to work in a clothing shop and people would come in all the time and you know sort of talk about it and go are you scared for your job like are you scared that the chain is going to close um you know like high streets are going so independent like the only thing that's kind of saving high streets was like independent places opening and like pop-ups and coffee shops and more like experience-based things you can't get online and obviously that's the one thing you can't have with covid you can't go to coffee shops you can't get your nails done you can't get bubble tea like all the independent experience-based things are gone it's so we really are seeing the death of the high street yeah it's interesting because obviously like the high street probably would have died regardless of covid it just would have taken a bit longer um, yeah, it's that covid obviously has like made so many stores shut down but it's kind of interesting because like where i live where my grandparents live um it's quite like high streets are so important they are like so important for people because they just offer a place where like uh we were thinking uh, just before christmas you know when lockdown was temporarily paused and everyone was allowed to go christmas shopping me and my sister went to debenhams and we were like, you know, Debenhams is now shut down. Like it's, well, it's now owned by Boohoo, whatever. But for somewhere like this area where my grandparents live, somewhere like Debenhams is really important because it gives people a, a big shop where they can do a lot of their shopping. It's a lot of clothes shops. They might not be able to do like online shopping, that kind of thing. And so then the death of the high street is almost seen even, like is it, is, it hits even harder because all of these shops are closing down. But actually a lot of people rely on whereas in other areas like the high street maybe isn't as important because if you've got a lot of younger people in there then you know they all shop online anyway so it doesn't really affect them as much so yeah it just makes me yeah. sad like i just remember being like 13 14 15 and like the place where me and my friends would go was like the arcade in the town where we're from <laughs> did you grow up in <laughs> where the 1980s 
Yes, yes, oh, I did. I'm a, actually 40 well, years old. The bowling alley in the cinema. Yeah, true. Yeah, bowling right. alleys were great. Yeah, but like, I, I remember... It is called like, an arcade. It has like the arcade games. Yeah, yeah. I know. I yeah, used it is an arcade, but it's not like a seaside arcade. It's just... Yeah. I didn't know that was the only arcades in existence. There's no, arcades there's everywhere. There are arcades. I also now think of going to an arcade because of COVID. Like, imagine touching one of those games. Oh, it makes me free. Anyway, Germany. Have you seen people on TikTok talk about like, what are things you couldn't believe you did before COVID that you would like never do now in terms of like germ transmission. And I said that to my stepdad and he goes, can you believe we used to go bowling and you'd put your hands inside a bowling ball and then you'd eat like a burger and chips with your hands. And we were all like, and that was a normal thing. Or you'd get a cup and like, you'd just be drinking like that. Makeup testers, people would test makeup. Do you remember when we used to go to parties and like, if someone left a drink on the side, you'd just drink it. Like you'd all just share drinks. You had no idea who drunk from that cup. Or just share yeah. bottles, like you would just go around the um the group and share a bottle. Yeah, it's weird. Absolutely. Oh yeah, sorry. Go back to the high street thing. Like I made <laughs> think, um when we were in like year seven, I remember being in year seven and being allowed. I know it sounds really weird, but being allowed to go like shopping by yourself. Mm, and, like you go to a high street or like a uh, shopping centre, and you were allowed to go shopping by yourself, and it was literally like the coolest thing ever. And like that shopping centres really don't. I mean, they obviously exist like there are still some pretty big ones but there's some really derelict ones around yeah like you walk down in the shopping center and it's now normal to see the shops that are closed like to have a couple of them that's closed whereas it used like, to it's so, so the town that yeah the town that we grew up in has like a massive shopping center it's quite well known in the area it i remember when it opened and it was like huge and it was like bustling with life and stuff for years and like now you walk down so many shops are closed yeah it looks like really what? creepy it, it was um it was really interesting and when you go to areas where it's not it's not like owned by the shopping center part you can see a lot more shops closed and oh my yeah. gosh and there's another shopping center in this town which we live in um so they have like the big one that they built a few years ago when they clearly thought like oh, shops that. would be like a long-term thing but there's a second one and it's smaller and I only go there because it has Wilco in it. Yeah. <laughs> that's like the only thing that's still open. See, but you walk down the whole thing to get there and it's literally abandoned. Sorry, I've been there about three times in my life to go to Wilco and it does terrify me because it's completely abandoned. It's like the only thing you have a, is a Primark and a Wilco and you're there yeah. like... Um, you don't even need to go in it to go to Primark. You can just go through the other door. But I remember when they used to do like the Christmas um, lights turning on and I have a vivid memory of that entire like second shopping area being packed with people like you could barely oh, move so in weird. it selling like loads of sweets chocolates hot chocolate like all of this Christmassy goodness and then a few years ago I well I think two years ago I worked as um on that Christmas lights come or like send your kids here I tutor not weird <laughs> but um your kids in my ice cream van <laughs> um have your kids come to tutoring here and i walked through that way to get my for my mum to pick me up nothing no one like nobody was inside it was so empty and it's just so weird i do think about because it, it was a big like high streets and shopping centers were really like big when we were growing up like that was where you um, did your christmas shopping that's where you went shopping on a saturday or something like that was that was your way of shopping whereas now literally everything is online and it's also we go for food we're only 18 19 and 
already and we can see the shift of it going from uh, high streets to online even in our lifetime so it's just been this like really quick change to online that's literally wiped out so many shops and businesses <laughs> So this week with the Learn Something New, we're going to talk about GameStop. So we have a guest to explain it to us because we're not the most financially savvy. Would you like to introduce yourself? Uh, yeah, my name's uh, Luca. Um, I, I may not, I, I'm not an economics student, but I'm a history student, but I spend a lot of time investing my own money and uh, playing around with the stock market. So I'm somewhat qualified to talk about this. Um, because it's something I've been reading about for the last two weeks non-stop. You can just go right to, ahead. Go straight into Okay. So uh, I think that the basis of explaining it is you need to understand two things about economics uh, to do it. That there are two ways of getting a hold of stocks. You either buy a stock, which is where you then uh, own it yourself. You want the price to go up because then you buy at a lower price, sell at a higher price and profit the difference. Or you can short a stock. And to short a stock, you borrow it from someone else who has that stock. So rather than buying it yourself, you borrow the single stock with the promise of giving it back to whoever it was. So let's say you buy it at $10. Uh, you then want the price to drop down. So you can then rebuy that stock, give it back to the person you borrowed it off and profit the difference. So to buy a stock, you want the price to go up. To short a stock, you want the price to go down. The thing with GameStop and the reason why it's been so big is over the last few years, it's been a failing company. If you look at all of their uh, stock reports, they lose money every quarter. They are, in essence, a failing business at this point. And a lot of big banks saw this, said that they were a failing business. So they were like, okay, if we short all of these stocks, we then never have to give them back because there won't be any more stocks in this business because it will shut down. So a lot of hedge funds uh, had, well, hedged tens of billions on GameStop in the hopes that it would go down. But one man by the name of Keith Gill uh, realized that looking at their background, um, they have so much cash reserve and so much money set away from uh, closing down shops, closing down, laying off staff, um, that really the amount of loss they were taking per year made absolutely no difference to their overall earnings. The fact they were still technically a profitable company. He used this to buy $53,000 worth of stocks in the company because he, he decided that was a smart thing to do. And boy, do I wish I had listened to him when I said it and actually bought stocks myself. But um, he followed that logic. And for the past year, he's been posting daily updates saying, I bought this stock, I bought this stock, and it's been slowly going up in price. Because of this, a lot of other people on the uh, subreddit Wall Street Bets also decided this is the time to also buy these stocks because the price was slowly going up. They thought they could make profit. The more people that buy a stock causes the price of it to increase. So there was a chain reaction of people buying these stocks causing the price to increase causing more people to buy the stock, causing the price to keep increasing because people thought they could make more money out of it and they could hold on to it. This then became problematic and all of the big controversy with it 
is because the hedge funds that have put all their money into it were all of a sudden losing money because rather than the price decreasing as they thought it would, the price was increasing substantially. And all of a sudden they couldn't cover their losses because the cost would, they, it wasn't profitable for them anymore. So the price was massively increasing. The hedge funds were forced to offload masses and masses of shares, flooding the market with more shares, raising the price, causing people to buy more shares and make more money out of it. It's how Keith Gill turned uh, $53,000 into $48 million, um, which he then didn't sell, which gets on to the next bit. Um, we realized, because I, I can say we because I am now a shareholder in GameStop as well, um, that you can hold Wall Street hostage with this. They lose about a billion dollars for every $11 increase in the sh uh, worth of a GameStop share. So if all everyone who has a share in it decides to sell all of their shares, it completely crashes the market and leads to not a recession like in 2008, a depression like in 1929. We could very easily at this point, if everyone decides to sell, destroy the stock market. But if we hold, it then means the prices aren't going down. The Wall Street guys are still losing money and we're just screwing them all over. This has created masses of problems because um, a couple of the major hedge funds, uh, Melvin Capital mainly, have had to be bailing out each other. So they've been using all of their money to bail out all the other hedge funds. At the same time, the SEC, which are the guys who look over the stock market, have been doing the highly illegal thing known as market manipulation to play around with stocks, to release fake reports. A lot of reports in the news you've seen about uh, the price of silver going up, uh, completely false. No one's buying any silver whatsoever. It's to try and get people to move away from GameStop. So they are doing market manipulation to try and adjust the prices to get people to sell all their stocks and they are releasing false reports, which is high, incredibly illegal and incredibly immoral as well at the same time to do. So there are major um, lawsuits um, going up against uh, all of them. But the main thing is that people are watching these stocks and people are hoping that they go back up in price, which they should do tomorrow. That'd be a really interesting one, but I can, I'll get onto that in a bit later, what's gonna happen tomorrow. But what's happened is people have just seen that if you hold onto a stock that is highly shorted and you buy more of it, you can screw Wall Street and you can get rich at the same time. If you then don't sell, rather than getting rich, you keep screwing Wall Street with the chance of making even more money in the long run. If you then look at other big things, they did it with GameStop, they did it with AMC Entertainment, they did it with Cost Management, and they did it with Nokia. All four of them have the exact same trends because they're highly shorted stocks that people decided that they wanted to screw Wall Street with. What's gonna to happen tomorrow that's really interesting and could potentially cause a depression in the stock market, depending on how it goes, um, which is weirdly both best case and worst case scenario, um, is the short report comes out tomorrow, which means you can see how much that stock has been shorted again. So we can see whether or not the major hedge funds have sold all of their shares in GameStop or they held on to them, waiting for hoping that everyone else will have sold and the price will have dropped. If they have held on to all of them and they've still got them, the likelihood is the prices will skyrocket beyond the three, $400 they were before. You can be looking at 
two three thousand dollars a share if that's if they we they held on to all their um shares at which point people will sell there's no one who's going to keep holding because you have to look at the you just have to look at the 2008 uh, Volkswagen uh, short squeeze to understand exactly what's happened there it was a spike it dropped again and a massive spike because everyone decided to hold if you look at the graph you can see how much damage it did and that was a major part of the 2008 recession alongside the housing bubble this is just more extreme because rather than a few thousand people holding major shares in it you've got about 25 million people who have bought major shares in it and the, if everyone sells you'll flood the market with close to two trillion new dollars which is effectively just causing extreme uh, inflation in 30 seconds it would be as soon as it hits its peak which is what's going to destroy the stock market um if they have sold all of theirs um people the price will then drop and no one will care about making their loss they'll hold on to their stocks just out of principle um we'll go into a slight recession that will take a couple of months to get out of um but we'll be fine in that regard so all it was basically with GameStop is people realizing that they could screw Wall Street out of billions and doing everything they could to make it possible. Um, and be fun to see what ha happens next because the amount of lawsuits, we could make even more money out of it or fail. Well, would you consider this to be a vicious circle though? Because I was talking to some people that I know that were, who were like into the stock market as well. And they were saying that I've got like the graph on my phone right now, like from last week, Monday, GameStop fell $200 and the circle and the problem is, is like the problem that I had with it was that hedge funds have billions of dollars backing them and it's got ordinary people to invest in the stock market who might not like you know the stock market you've invested before, but people who haven't, who've invested quite a bit of their own money could lose a lot of money and like the morality of that saying guys invest like you're immediately going to make money like we can screw over wall street but wall street has billions of dollars and other stock markets that could back them up if they get screwed over whereas normal people don't and i was i like my main question was do you consider it a vicious circle if this continues to happen well, absolutely. It's a risk. It is a huge risk to do. And as, as I should probably mention now with everything I've said, anytime you ever see anyone put any investment advice out, it's never saying you should invest. So everything I've said today saying that, yeah, the price could go up or it could drop. None of that is me saying you should invest. Any YouTube video you watch, any post you watch of anyone, they explicitly make a point of saying, uh, do not follow my direct advice. Always do your own research. There's always a risk with investment. That's the whole thing. When you start investing, when you start putting your money in, the key rule is only ever put in money you are willing to lose. So when I started investing, I only put in money I was prepared to lose. It's if you, because there is a risk. There is, it's such a volatile thing that there will always be a risk that you are going to lose everything. There are people who have lost millions through this. I've lost a couple of hundred out of doing this because it's money I was prepared to lose. I knew what I was doing. So a lot of people are, I found, aren't doing their research. Um, they're the ones who are losing money because everyone will explicitly say, do not take anything I've said as a direct truth. Do your own research, do your, take your own advice and make these decisions yourself. So yeah, in essence, it can be quite vicious that people are losing a lot of money. 
but there are very specific warnings out there and most people are very explicit that you should not take financial advice to a T and all the research you do should be your own. I have a question. What do you think is going to happen tomorrow? Um, I think the so between the 28th of January when it hits peak it dropped and today it dropped from $430 a share to I think it closed at $59 today. Uh, I reckon I we're going to see a I think I think we're going to see a bump to about 200 250 and people are going to sell a bit we're going to go into a small recession and we're going to recover within a week or two as everyone's kind of put themselves back um, I think the, in this circumstance the likelihood of a major bump uh, happening is un, is possible but very unlikely um, but I do think we're going to see more things like this happen in the future as people have re- kind of comes the realization that um, the what you can do with investing and people will start putting more research and more money into it i don't think this will be the last time we see something of this sort happen and who knows what could happen in that regard but i don't think tomorrow will be as extreme as it could be but we will see a slight recession um almost hopefully because that will do a lot of damage to wall street um which is a lot of what we're here for I'm literally, I just downloaded like the stocks app. I want to be a stocks person now. (laughs) The app app to get is called uh, Weeble, W-E-B-U-L-L. Because it not, not only does it give you um, the, the graphs and all of that to study, but it gives you the uh, analytics of how people are buying and the different things like that, that are the, the best thing to do for your own research, because, when it comes to stocks, everything you need to do has to be your own research. You cannot take anyone else's word as truth. If my friend tells me, so I've got a friend who I do a lot of, we spend like six hours a day on Discord, just sitting there looking at charts, looking at new stocks that we could invest in. And it's always, if I give him a recommendation of something, I say, hey, I've just found this stock and it looks good. He won't just buy it because I've said it. He will then spend three hours doing his own research into everything um, I've said and deciding himself on whether or not it's a smart investment. And I'll do the exact same when he recommends something. So always, there are so many apps. Um, Trading 212 is probably the best for investing, but because of the influx of new accounts, they're not allowing new money accounts at the moment. Do not go anywhere near Robinhood. They are yeah, so the only the guy, I, the guy I know that's like obsessed with stocks always talks about Robinhood and like says it's the best thing ever. Robin Hood was really good, but the problem with them is Robin Hood are like the Facebook of investment apps. They were charging, so let's say um, an Apple share is normally about $130 a share. So Trading212, eToro, all of those would be selling a share at $130. Robin Hood would be, share, uh, would be again, zero commission like that, but selling a share, a share at $132 and one cent. That one cent would then be sent to Melvin Capital to, for your data. So Robin Hood was, re, was notorious for selling people's data to allow Robin Hood, to allow Melvin Capital to manipulate the market to then become quite beneficial for them. That's what the biggest of these um, court cases is. It's about the fact that Melvin Capital and Robin Hood 
have been manipulating the market and have been changing the way things work for their own personal gain. It's why we are going to see some of the biggest financially regarded court cases coming in the next few months, because people have realized this is what they're doing. And we have the, the backing of uh, people like Elon Musk, Mark Cuban, multi-billionaire investors who want to take down the SEC and want to take down um, places like Melvin Capital because they defy the existence of a free market. It's not a free market as long as they keep doing what they're doing. So it's almost false advertising. So Robin Hood, don't touch it, ever. Like the people I know that are into investing have it on like one screen. They have like multiple laptops. They have it constantly every day, just reading through. If I'm ever like, what are you doing? I'm like, oh, just reading through the stocks and everything. But it's interesting. GameStop is really interesting because with banks and people who do quants and how they exchange it, they're moving 10% of the market just by one trade. And it's interesting to see how people, who ordinary people are doing that what normally banks do and I think it, it screws over hedge funds so I'm all for it but I'm just like please please do your research because if you do lose a lot of money on it it's a stocks are a really dangerous game to play it's high risk high reward so please be very careful yeah, yeah this, this isn't the, this isn't the first time this has happened like this happened again 2008 with VW it happens every few years with a major investment it's just that with social media now it's so easy to get the message across about this is what's going on that it's bigger than you've seen before but this this happens quite regularly it's people using the stock market the way the stock market's designed to be used and all of a sudden because it's to the disadvantage of the billionaires because normally they have it to the disadvantage of us they have a problem so it's we're going to see some major changes in uh, economics coming in the, the next few years it is interesting to see the like danger of it because as of 15 minutes ago, I knew absolutely nothing about the stock market, like literally nothing. But I saw all of the articles over the last couple of weeks about everything. So I could go in so like naive and just be like, yep, I'm going to throw some money at it and just be so completely unaware of like how it works. And so like, the power of social media, everyone's just been talking about our social media and all these like normal people are like, oh, I'm not going to get involved in the stock market not really understanding it at all and just kind of following what other people are doing not really understanding like what could happen yeah and that's that's the biggest problem that's what a lot of people are doing at the moment because when as i said they put all the reports out saying oh there's going to be a, a rise in silver today everyone go buy silver they're preying on the people who don't know what they're doing say oh look they've just said silver let me go put all my money into silver that's why the the importance of doing your own research um, beyond just what they say on the news. Reading the news, you're not going to learn anything about the stock market. Even I, I've been investing since I was 16, as soon as I could. Uh, I've got friends who have been investing. Like my, my investment portfolio is pushing a thousand pounds. I've got friends who are pushing 25, 30,000 pounds. They can pay off their student loans for the next three years just because they've made some good investments. I had an investment today that if I pull it up, uh, I haven't sold it yet, should make me a thousand pounds out of just one one day's um, change. So my, my boost on today was $600 on that one stop, just out of a smart investment because I did my own research. The news is not gonna tell you anything about that. You just need to watch the charts and do your own research. I do have a question. Raise are you hand. more 
<laughs> yeah it's so we can sometimes we talk over each other so it's easier if one of us just raises our hand are you more a long-term investment investment person where you hold it for a long period of time or are you a quick and sell type of person because the people that i know like a lot of them are holding it for it just for a long time to become like an investor or a shareholder in the company but the other people i know are quick and sell it's like let's make as much money as possible i think it, it really depends on the stock so the one there called uh, hdmc that i bought um healthier choice management i'm gonna i bought as because i a quick sell for me is normally a month and a long sell i hold on to for six months to a year they have a major court case at the end of february if they win the stock will rise if they lose the stock will stay where it is that's where i sit on that one that to me is a short one but gme even shorter i'm sitting on that for two weeks in the hopes that it rises but i'm also sitting on platinum as a stock because i think platinum has a future as one i'm gonna sit on for two years really you just have to look at trends in stocks apple is one that a lot of people at first it was a penny stock at the beginning people would buy it and they'd sell it a little bit later now if you buy apple even where it is now you want to sit on that for 10 20 years that's going to be worth masses it really depends on the stock and the trend you're looking at you just it it's all statistical analysis which to most people seems really daunting it's really my, easy just it's surprisingly easy you look at a graph you look at trends in the graph and then you compare multiple graphs of related systems to each other and you say oh i see a common trend going in all of these stocks they're all heading upwards or they're all heading downwards i'm going to sell now it's it really depends on the stock anyone from the people i found who are new investors it's better off for them to start with short sales because they start with short sales and they just increase their portfolio which gives them more money to invest because you don't ever want money just lying there the longer you've been there for the more money you're happy to have just sitting there waiting on the side for two years because you don't need that money it really depends on how new you are to stocks and what you need the money for that makes all the difference to whether you should be a long a long seller or a short holder but never oh, that was stocks. really interesting wow i feel like yeah. my brain i, I think i know people like blown with all of that information it's really even, interesting even I, I know very little about the stock market even everything i know compared to what other people know there's so much to know it's it's impossible to learn everything about it yeah i have a few friends who work on the um stock exchange and they're just like this 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 and i'm like no i do not understand thank you very much for coming on and basically blowing all of our minds about the stock market like she knew the most but me and Eisenberg were very much in the dark <laughs> but thank you very much and i hope we don't go into like a depression tomorrow that'd be but it's weird that I'm like I'm so unaware of everything that's happening with the stock market. So if anything happens tomorrow, I'm going to be so unaware of it. Like it's a, just a whole other world for me. Um, but thank you for coming on. We hope you enjoyed being our first guest on the podcast. Yeah, thank, thank you very much for having me. It's always a fun thing to talk about. Let's go on to some current news. Anybody got anything? Yes, I have some current news that you're both going to love. The Six Nations started.
this weekend. I watched the Scotland v England game and it was great. It was a great weekend of rugby. Yeah, we had Scotland versus England, France versus Italy, and then Wales versus Ireland. And it was very good. Yeah, there were some shock decisions. Scotland beat England, which is very exciting. Disclaimer, I am a, a support Wales in the, the rugby. If anyone listening watches the rugby, which I don't think they will, because our one listener, Emily, probably doesn't watch the rugby. Shout out to you, Emily. (laughs) (laughs) Also, to carry on with the sports, India um, versus England in the Test match series in cricket. I support India in the cricket and it is a great thing to watch. But England are doing pretty well, which is kind of irritating me a lot. Something else that's happening in sports is it was the Super Bowl yesterday. Um, We record this on a Monday for context. Um, do I care about sports? No, but the weekend performed, which was pretty good. Um, most of the seats in the arena obviously didn't have anyone in them. Most of them had like cardboard cutouts of like famous people and TikTokers and stuff, which is really weird. I think they had about 7,500 people there and most no, of them had, were like household workers. No, which they, they really had 25,000, but no, 7, that's, that's the amount of people that are supposed to be there. Ah, uh, right. So this news article that I read had completely written that down incorrectly. May, no, oh, maybe yeah. I'm literally lying. They said the news oh, article that I read said they had twenty five thousand people, but seven thousand five hundred of them were healthcare workers who had got I'm like free tickets. Checking it now because I feel like I lied. Oh yeah, that would be right because apparently normally it's sixty two thousand. There you go. So they said like twenty five thousand people, whereas in the rugby and cricket things like that and football, they don't have any. Uh, like people in the stands at all. and it's really weird because with football games we, me and my sister were discussing this with football games they put on the sound effects that they use in the FIFA yeah. so when they started having the football without any crowd they didn't play any sounds over it but the reason why they started doing it is because you can hear all the players yelling at each other yeah, it's really and they don't use the nicest language the because they're obviously is, just concentrating but the thing is the FIFA uh, sound obviously fits because you know like it's a game but they don't have any equivalent for rugby. So they've obviously got sound effects, but me and my sister were saying they're obviously just like generic rugby game sounds that they've like put together. So it doesn't quite fit with what's happening in the game. So there'd be a couple of times where like someone would score a try and like there'd be a delay and then suddenly there's a loud cheer, but it doesn't quite like fit with like what's happening and it's just quite funny because with the football it's so seamless whereas with rugby because they're just it still sounds cool because it does sound like there's people there but it's not quite perfect going back to the super bowl um there was this news article that was saying when jill and joe biden came on to just like in the half time saying could we have a minute of silence for over like over 470,000 people who have passed away from COVID a lot of the people were booing during that minute of silence which were and you could and they they had players reactions and they were like what's happening here and in context the Super Bowl was in Tampa Bay Florida which is a primarily Trump supporting state and it was it was just interesting to see that there's such a big divide in America, but that can be another podcast or like five podcasts. That's where most of the things we say, we start a conversation and then we go, but that could be a whole other podcast. You should start writing them down. There was, I did see a picture and um, uh, they did seem to be wearing masks, which is like a step up 
for to have that many people in the stadium and they were all wearing masks. But I've never watched the Super Bowl. I literally don't understand American football inside, just like I've no idea what goes on in it. But someone I follow on Instagram stayed up to watch it because they were like, you know, it's lockdown, we don't have to get up. A lot of my friends stayed up yeah, to watch it. Mm-hmm. The Super Bowl. And it was just funny seeing it through her Instagram stories because it is just so extra. Like there's like fire yeah. coming up all the time. It's so loud. Even the players themselves are like so like aggressive and just loud. It was just very. It's exciting. actually funny. So you know, in the UK, we have the tradition around like Christmas adverts. Like companies put out their like Christmas advert. They pull loads of money into it. They get a singer to make a song for it. In the US, it's Super Bowl adverts. Like companies yeah. work all year on their Super Bowl ad because they know that is the biggest watch audience they're going to get for that. Um, my stepdad does like a thing every year like I'm not actually sure if he did it this year obviously because of COVID but he like invites loads of people around they make like American themed food like it's this whole thing and they like stay up to watch it. Back to when we were talking about the high street Jeff Bezos is stepping down as CEO of Amazon and he's doing it at a very timely point because with the new president Biden in who are who is now going for more taxes against the big tech companies he's decided you know what being a trillionaire is not really what I want in life and he's stepping down do you want to know my about Jeff Bezos that will freak you out that Isaac is on the bus. No, there's a right there's a great video using rice and it's like this is how much a hundred pounds is, this is how much a thousand pounds is, this is how much a mini pounds is, this is how much Jeff Bezos has and they literally like put a bucket of rice. My other fact about how much Jeff Bezos uh, earned, which is crazy, if if you took an average Amazon worker, so who earns the average wage at Amazon, they would have to work 24 hours a day for 65 years to make how much Jeff Bezos makes in a single hour. If you worked 24 hours since the beginning of humankind on minimum American wage, you would not have the amount of money that Jeff Bezos has now. I know we say this a lot, but this is another episode because if you want me to go on a Marxist rant about Jeff Bezos, I will do it, but we simply do not have the time. If you took all the billionaires in the world, it's the same fact. Sheetan and I have the same fact, so credits to Sheetan as well. Same brain. All of the billionaires in the world, um, they could pay for a, a vaccine for every single person in the whole of the world and still be as rich as they were when the pandemic started. So literally using the money that they've made during the pandemic, they could pay for a vaccine for each person in the world. Did you know? So actually, this isn't a did you know, this is just a fun thing. I follow this Twitter account called Has Jeff Bezos Decided to End World Hunger Today? Um, Because Jeff Bezos could very easily end world hunger in a single day and still live on millions a year. You know, like it would not impact his lifestyle in any way. It would be a very small cut of what he owns. And um, every day they just tweet, Jeff Bezos has not decided to end world hunger good today and it's really funny because every day you see it and you get sad because you remember that he probably knows he's he definitely knows he's capable of that and every day he makes the decision not to do it i was talking to somebody about jeff bezos and amazon in general and they were saying and although i disagree with the entire concept of what they said it was a valid a valid and fair point that if we didn't have amazon in today's society especially in the pandemic a lot of us would be screwed pretty much which is really heart-wrenching to know that not having amazon would have a large effect like imagine how many people have ordered hand sanitizer off amazon like all of the ppe that they wanted and i know that um where we went they ordered hand sanitizer off amazon to make us a little bit more safe at school and everything and i think it's 
with stuff like this, it is a very balanced, it's not a very balanced argument. Jeff Bezos, please end world please hunger. End. Jeff Bezos, if you're listening, people like you. World hunger. People like you, but we would like you. You would be my best friend if you just sorted the world That's out. That's the only thing with Amazon. Like, he earns just a stupid amount of money that. The human brain can actually only compute 10,000. And if we see anything more than that, our brains are like, what? No. The annoying thing is that Jeff Bezos has so much money, obviously, like a stupid amount of money for a single person to have. And yet, like, I understand why, because anytime I, th- I go, oh, I need to get this, I immediately go, oh, let me check out. Oh, but that doesn't excuse it because he doesn't pay no, his workers. No, I know. It doesn't excuse it. It just, it annoys me that like, with amazon you're never in i know it sounds depressing but we're never going to win such a monopoly amazon is such a crucial thing for so many people because it's quick access to everyday things they need that they can get for a cheap price or they can get expensive stuff that kind of thing they can get everything you can do all of your christmas shopping in amazon and be absolutely fine so it's so hard to then not topple it that sounds bad but to kind of make any change because it's such a good uh like system but at the same time it is buying into fast fashion this idea of just clicking something online it arriving the next day and not buying anything that's sustainable and durable because like why would you do that when you can buy it for another five pounds on amazon the next day and it's just annoying it's got such a monopoly over the in like online market yeah which is so irritating and it's just that's how people get that rich they they put their products in a place where you are forced to access them yeah and it's such a loop like it's such a cycle because you buy something but from amazon but it's cheap so it breaks easily so then you buy another one because it's easily accessible but then it breaks because it's cheap yeah exactly you just keep those that like those made are only made for like five washes or something and then yeah but then when you actually think about it you're like but i could buy from an ethical more sustainable brand okay when you initially look at the comparison it seems more expensive but the fact that you're then going to use that uh article of clothing or something for years maybe for the rest of your life the a more expensive price then doesn't actually seem as bad but it's just because we go like we're so greedy we just kind of look at it immediately we're like oh no i want the five pound thing not the 50 pound thing it's also because people don't have the upfront cost yeah. when you buy ethically or sustainably there's it's such a big price where people who want to live sustainable but are, are, are on a budget can't afford it and everyone is like if you can live sustainably please do is our message but if you can't it's not your fault that you can't it's the system's fault that they like we haven't provided enough resources for it if you get what i mean i thought we could talk about the indian farmers riots that's currently happening that's not getting a lot of coverage by media i know that rihanna posted yeah same i know that rihanna posted about it it's on bbc news it's on sky news but you have to actively search for it greta thunberg what a legend posted um posted about it and prime minister modi g is uh, is not is he's just not with it like half of in um indians 1.4 billion population of farmers and the new laws that he sets to propose are making it easier for what we've just been talking about big businesses to not 
to take a monopoly which is the last thing that happened and it was it started with just a small um, group of farmers in a certain area of India protesting and it's now gone where all of India is most of India is saying no we don't want this we want to be able to make our own trades it's not fair and I think the lack of coverage and there's over a hundred MPs in British Parliament that have links to India and they've been trying to persuade Boris Johnson like please say something about it it's really important to us like we have family back there there's a massive British Asian population in the UK please say something about it and I think he sent a letter condemning him so thanks Bojo and more the Jews get really concerned by your letter I saw an amazing documentary this was literally two years ago now maybe and i just googled it to make sure i got it right and i think it's called a true cost and it's documentary on netflix i hope it's still up there i assume it's still up there um and it's all about fast fashion um and yeah farmers in india was one of the main places and yeah it was that kind of the effect that fast fashion has on farmers who then are being asked to sell their uh, like produce for less money or they're not getting as much for it so then their livelihood is being affected there was also this horrible bit about um the use of like pesticides and chemicals that kind of increase the yield of things like say cotton or something like that that then goes into fast fashion but the huge effect it was having and the levels of um like cancers in areas around farmland because of this huge level of pesticide and chemical use that then it's just affecting the farmers and their families that's literally just not even being i know this is not entirely the same as what's currently happening but like that that whole other conversation that literally is just kind of being forgotten about um because we're the receiving yeah we we're the people who just buy it we're, we're not involved in the actually making of it so i would recommend going watch that because it's very eye-opening and just it makes you just think about things you know when you are shopping and things like that it just puts a little seed of doubt in your mind Well, thank you for listening to this week on the Chin Chin podcast. We promise that we will write down what we say we're going to make a podcast on and actually talk about it in one of the podcasts. I hope you really enjoyed it and we'll see you guys. Well, you'll listen to us next week.